This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. The World Market Watch is brought to you by CMB Preferred. 9.17, Tuesday, 10th of January, and of course you're listening to The Morning Run. Now, before we get an update on Malaysia's automotive sector, let's have a quick look at Bursa Malaysia, currently still in the red, down 0.4%, 1,487 points as we speak. Now, share price gains for the Malaysian automotive sector have been rather decent in 2022, with most stocks showing gains led by Burma's auto, which was up a whopping 35%. This is on the back of strong TIV sales for the 11 months of last year, which rose 45% year-on-year to 642,306 units. And TIV stands for Total Industry Vehicles. And this was driven by higher sales in both the non-national segment and the national brands of Proton and Perdua, and also due to the healthy backlog orders received prior to the sales and services tax holiday expiry on 30th June of 2022. However, with a looming global recession and higher interest rates moving into 2023, coupled with the expiry of the SST holiday, how will the sector perform in 2023? And will it continue to shine? And what stocks look the most promising? Ah, that's a trillion dollar question. So for insights, we speak to Jim Lim. He's the equity analyst at RHB Investment Bank. Good morning, Jim. Now, total industry volume in November grew 5.6% month-on-month to more than 64,000 units. And for the 11th month of last year, it was up 45% to 642,000 units driven by stronger sales. Now, how long can this momentum continue? And what are your expectations for December and for this new year? So for December 2022, we are expecting TIV to come in anywhere between 65,000 to 70,000, which would most definitely bring TIV above 700,000 for 2022. Um, This is because December has historically been a seasonally strong month. For 2023, we are expecting a 14% slowdown in TIV to 600,000 from 700,000. And this is premised on the end of of the SST exemption and expectations of slower economic growth. We think that the strong momentum will likely persist into the first quarter of, uh, of this year given that it's the last quarter for companies to fulfill the SST exempt orders. Subsequently, um, against a strong base in first quarter, we expect second quarter of this year to marginally slow down. But the slowdown should not be anything drastic because the companies are still receiving healthy orders at the moment. Um, Whereas for sales in the second half of this year, we think that's heavily dependent on the orders placed in the first half of the year. Jim, what are some of the key launches in 2023 and how impactful will this be for the sector or for the companies involved? So while we do not currently have visibility over all of the new launches for the year, we know that a few exciting models will be launched this year. For the national marks, there hasn't been any official announcements from um, either Proton nor Produa, but it is widely rumored that there will be a new Produa sedan car and updated Arus and Axia models. While for Proton, um, it is also rumored that the X90 could be introduced this year. We think that the potential seven-seater SUV will likely be very popular, just like the X50 and X70 were, which could help um, drive Proton's orders and sales for the year. For the non-national marks, we think that the key exciting launches that will grab headlines will be the EVs. So these include Toyota's first battery EV, the BZ4X, 
BMW's i7 and i5, um, BYD's recently launched Auto 3, and they're soon to be launched E6, uh, Volvo C40, Kia PBV1, uh, Peugeot E2008, the Nissan Leaf, uh, Renault Zoe EV, and the Aura Good Cat. In terms of impact to companies, many of the aforementioned EVs are under Sandarbi and Burmas, uh, which positions them to capture the growing EV demand in Malaysia and in the region. Toyota's new EV should also help UMW see strong order replenishments, while Nissan and Renault's new EVs may help Tanjung Motors with their sales growth. For the sector overall, we think that the entrance of the new affordable EVs could bring more competition to the national and non-national marks. For example, the Ling Box, Box EV is currently priced at an equivalent of 36,000 ringgit in China, and that is cheaper than four out of the six Pro-Dual models at the moment. Uh, furthermore, Linkbox will be locally assembling their vehicles here, which allows them to compete in terms of volume. For the non-national marks, while most of the existing EVs will likely sell in limited volumes, it's nevertheless very important for a brand to not fall too behind in this race to electrification. Jim, meanwhile, have supply chain constraints eased and how are auto companies managing this risk? Supply chain constraints have meaningfully eased, uh, especially for the domestic auto companies. Recently, only Saimdarby, Burmas, and Tanjo Motors have been facing some kind of supply chain issues, which we think should continue to ease as China's COVID woes eventually subside. Throughout 2022, when the supply chain issues were still around, the auto companies um, sought alternative suppliers, and they also worked together with their vendors to ensure a more consistent and stable supply of components. And Jim, what are some of the other key headwinds for the sector in 2023? We think that with supply-side headwinds continuing to fade, the key headwinds would come from potentially softening demand. While we aren't expecting demand to plummet, we think it will be softer year-on-year against a high base in 2022. We are looking at a softer GDP growth in 2023, as well as higher domestic interest rates. And so the higher borrowing costs could potentially weigh on demand. While we are expecting inflation to moderate slightly in 2023, we think that living costs will remain elevated, which may further dampen consumer discretionary spending, such as on cars. A potential large headwind is the excise duty reform, which was meant to be implemented this year. Um, Currently, the auto companies also do not have further clarity on that matter, but we believe that given that the new government's priority is to tackle the high cost of living, Implementing such a policy will be contradictory to this objective, especially um, if car prices were to rise. And to recap, the MAA has estimated that the reform could lift car prices by 8 to 20%. Now, Jim, if we look at the previous budget 2023, which was tabled in October last year, some of the key incentives were full exemption of import and excise duties for EVs and for CBUs extended under until December 31st, 2024 and more. Do you expect any major changes for the newly tabled budget in 2023? Well, given that the Natural Resources, Environment and Climate Change Minister uh, recently said that there will be more EV-related incentives in the revised budget 2023, we think it's reasonable to assume that there will be some changes. In the revised budget, in addition to greater clarity on the excise duty reform, we are expecting some policies that we think could expedite EV adoption in Malaysia. 
So these include, number one, incentives to spur OEM's local assembly of EVs. Number two, more specific incentives to spur the installation of EV chargers. And number three, uh, further extend the tax-free period for the purchase of EVs. Jim, we have seen more impending launches for EVs in Malaysia, such as from BYD. What's your sense of EV adoption so far in Malaysia? And what are the current setbacks still? So we think that consumers in Malaysia are slowly warming up to the idea of buying EVs. Um, And so we should see healthy orders for EVs this year. Case in point, uh, the salespeople at the BYD showroom have indicated that there is indeed lots of interest for the BYD Auto 3, with over a thousand orders within the first 10 days of the car's launch. With more new models and potentially new brands entering the market, uh, we think customers will find the novelty of the EVs and their modern designs attractive. However, we still see two large setbacks for EV adoption. The first would be the long charging times. On most EVs, it takes about half an hour to to charge a battery from 0% to 80% using a DC charger and up to eight hours for a full charge on an AC charger. So that means that even if there are abundant DC chargers along the highway, drivers would still have to wait for up to 30 minutes to have enough battery to continue their long distance journeys. The second would be the lack of charging infrastructure. Even if one were to buy an EV for urban driving, Without the charging infra in shopping malls or residential areas, EV ownership would still be quite challenging. Last year, Forex was very volatile. We know auto companies are very sensitive to this. So how are they managing this year? Uh, If we look at just the yen, which has been more volatile of late. Um, So the company with the greatest exposure to the Japanese yen is Burma's Auto. Burma's mainly gains and loses from the weakening and strengthening of the yen against the ringgit via its 30% associate MMSB, which incurs some of its costs in the Japanese yen. We highlight that the the strengthening yen will likely not have a material impact on Burma's, just like how the yen's weakening did not have any meaningful impact on Burma's. We estimate that a 5% strengthening in the currency would have an earnings impact of less than 1% on the company. Uh, Nevertheless, we understand that Burma's uses forward currency contracts to hedge against any adverse forex movements. And lastly, Jim, what is your call on the sector and your top picks? Are you expecting any further incentives from budget 2023? We maintain our neutral call on the sector as we are still cautious on 2023's prospects, given that macroeconomic headwinds are still lingering. Our top picks are Burma's Auto and Sime Darby, where the customers of these premium marks will likely be better shielded against these macroeconomic headwinds. Burma's Auto also has a strong growth in the Kia and Peugeot brands, while Saim Darby is a beneficiary of China's reopening. Burma's also has a yield of 7%, while Saim's yield is somewhere between 5% to 6%. And these are quite attractive. Besides the aforementioned EV incentives, uh, no, we are not expecting any further incentives for the sector from the revised budget. All right, thank you for your time. That was Jim Lim, equity analyst at RHB Investment Bank, uh, telling us that he has a neutral call on the sector, but his two top picks are Burma's Auto, which did really well last year already, up 35%, and Syme Dhabi. Yeah, I think the key takeaway for me was really the excise duty reforms where MAA has predicted an 8 to 20% increase in price if this happens. I think he also mentioned that TIV for 
this for this year will probably ease by some 14%. And for 2022, with December's strong numbers, it will probably breach 700,000 units. Okay, very quickly, if you look at uh, Burma's auto consensus target price for this stock, 2 ringgit and 38 cents. Dust down price, 2 ringgit and 4 cents. Uh, still a darling among analysts, 9 buys, 4 holds, no sells. Look for the yield of 7%. Meanwhile, Sime Darby, yield of 5 to 6%. Current share price, 2 ringgit and 29 cents. Consensus target price for this stock, 2 ringgit and 53 cents. And that is all the corporate news we have for you. Up next, People Planet Profit on how the palm oil industry is embracing ESG practices. That's happening after the 9.30am news bulletin. Keep it here, BFM 89.9. The World Market Watch is brought to you by CIMB Preferred. Moving forward with you. Visit cimbpreferred.com.my for their preferential services beyond banking. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.